We are going to talk to you this morning about the vision for this church and where we're headed, and the subtitle is uh, Where To From Here, and first of all, we are going to hear from uh, the Kids Sanctuary, which is upstairs in this south wing, and Pastor Mary March is going to speak to us first. It's a little bit scary when you <clears throat> when you see the technical guy that's in charge of this running in and out, <laughs> in and out, and <laughs> but we got it, we got it here, and that was live. Um, where I want to go with this today is is fairly simple. There is a lot of uh, concern, a lot of question um, about what is my future, how am I supposed to get there. What should I be doing? And it's not just in, in the younger segment of the congregation. People who are in the middle years and in the older years are trying to figure out what to do uh, with their life. What, what, what should I be doing? What is going to work for me? I, I was canvassing my neighborhood yesterday to invite people to see this building this morning. And uh, I met a guy that I had not met before. And he's from Eastern Europe, and his family got out of that country where he was born when he was a little kid, and it was, oh, uh, something like 14, 15 years before uh, the Berlin Wall came down and the dissolution of the USSR, etc. 
he is kind of sold on freedom. And I was telling him about being in one of, one of those Eastern European countries not long after it opened up to free travel to us from the West. And he asked me my impression. Well, this was in Prague, um, then Czechoslovakia when we were in Prague. When we left the country, they had become the Czech Republic. But it was still Czechoslovakia the few days that we were in Prague. And I said, well, it just looked like kind of a, a gray dust was over everything. That was just kind of the feeling and the impression that I got from, because he was talking about all those years under communism and so forth. And then he went on to just kind of speak for people who had been under communism and appreciate freedom. Live where you want to, do the job you want to do. Uh, move where you want to move. We don't, we don't even think about that as far as that being an issue. No permission is, I mean, get your money together and go where you want to go, you know. Uh, if you can retire early, just get your shekels together, as my dad would say, and retire. If you can't, work, you know. It's just, and he loves it. Now, this is a guy that's probably 35 years old, and um, so we, we, don't, we don't even think about that issue. But here is, here is the thing that I want to say to you. We are, we are looking at, um, okay, at, at this age, in this stage, you begin to say, okay, am I going to go to school after, after public school? If so, where? If so, what am I going to major in? Um, I'm, I'm looking for that special person that I want to spend my life with. Where is he or she? And all of this stuff that's going on. And then uh, you, you finally get through that era and you, you, get this, you get this person that we call a spouse and, you, and then you start having these kids and it's like, okay, how are we going to raise our kids? What are they going to be? And, and the vision of what, 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 what? is always out there. What? When? Where? How will we do, be doing this? And this is something that just goes on all the time. And it's, it's, these are very good questions. There's not a problem with these questions. They need to be asked. They need to be answered very well. Jesus said uh, the night before he died, he was talking. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said this. He, the Holy Spirit, will bring glory to me, to me by taking what is from what is mine and making it known to you. That is, there is outside information, divine information, that will come to you by the Holy Spirit. He then says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So here is, here is the picture that God Almighty, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, will come into our minds, our thoughts, and make himself known to us in a way that we can perceive it. We can know it. Uh, people who walk with God for a long time use terms like God said, or it seemed like the Lord was impressing me with. Now, we do not hear voices. 
but there are these impressions that come to be familiar to us that we, it proves to be, we know as the voice of the Lord impressing us, guiding us, and, and that's one of the things that is very, very important. Now, this congregation was formed uh, a couple of generations ago, and we were in the uh, 90s and before that on a nice piece of property, about nine acres on Blue Ridge Cutoff, three miles south of the sports complex. And we were just kind of trying to do the work of God and tend to our own business, as it were. My wife's family, uh, because of a wedding, matter of fact, it was Sharon Capito, a member of our church family here, and her daughter and my wife's nephew, they were getting married. And, and the family was gathering down at the Holiday Inn Express, which is about a mile, mile and a half, right down this street here on which the church sits. About 10.30 that night, I stepped out of the hotel to bring the car around to pick up Eunice to go to our house, and it's just a few steps across that little, it's a narrow little parking lot on the west side of that hotel. The Lord said to me that it was okay to move the church out here now, and I understood that to say, move the church out here now, the church property. And so I told my wife, and I told the church staff, and I told the board. The board didn't believe it. Uh, my wife had been wanting to move out here for years, and the staff got all excited, and we started building these fat files. And, and, and if you were a board member of that time, that may not be, maybe you did believe it. You just didn't act like it. Anyway, uh, it wasn't necessary because we weren't doing anything but building fat files about real estate. So as the time, the time progressed, a year went by, two years went by, and we had fat files, and we had decided that this piece of property right here where we sit is where the Lord wanted us to be. Now, we didn't have any money, which is kind of inconvenient if you're going to go into a building program. And it was about that same time that property out here stopped selling by the acre and started selling by the square foot. That's really scary. So we just waited on the Lord, and I, there was, the Lord didn't say when, you know, and if he doesn't say when, he just says where, then you just get ready to go there, but you don't know when, so you wait for him. Now, my need to look dynamic, hard driving, out front, leading is great. And it's really hard to look like that when you're waiting. But you don't have a choice if you're going to submit to God. Remember that, you guys that become leaders. You're not going to look dynamic part of the time. You're going to be dead center in the will of God. God's vision, God's guidance is going to be moving you right along. Any of the rest of you that want that, that you're free, free to take it. Actually, this whole thing, I hope it's not free. I hope you paid for it. But anyway, um, here's the deal. It was, it was about um, a little over two years after the Lord spoke to me that the trigger was pulled. And then suddenly we were on a time schedule and in a couple of years, or three, we were sitting out here, a little bit less than three, we were sitting out here in a new facility. Bought this 16 or so acres, built this building, 
And it was because of a vision that the Lord happened to put in my heart. And we just waited on him. When he moved, then we moved. And we got out here and had our first service in May of 2003. He had spoken to me almost five years earlier in the, the middle of the summer of 98. Yeah, I'm pointing that way because it was down the street. And so here we are. So it is like, praise God, we owed, you know, this thing was between four and a half, five million dollar project and we owed 1.2 million and we didn't have any money going in. Is God good or what? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, some of you have heard this story over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, I should have had one of you tell this because you've heard it so, but I couldn't decide which one, so I decided to go ahead and do it myself. So we, we, we talk about what the Lord wants and we talk about the vision. And part of our vision when we came out here was to, to try to be welcoming to people who were not walking with Jesus. And if, you haven't, if you're not walking with Jesus today, you know you are really what this whole deal is about. Now we have to have a place here where we can meet and teach and, and we even eat here. It's wonderful. We do lots of stuff in this building. But this is not the church. This is the church's house, if you will, where the church meets and we need to get our faith built up and we need to keep ourselves in line with what the scripture teaches as the people of God. But the main thing that we're here for is to bring people who are not walking with Jesus into a relationship with Jesus Christ and just walk with him through this deal so that you, if you're not walking with Jesus, come to know him, join the team to bring more people to Jesus. Part of our strategy is to have incredibly great leaders like uh, Jeremy for the teens. Uh, Jeremy and Kristen do such a job with these kids, and we want this place to be so powerful in the spirit for teenagers that people will come because their teenagers have started coming here, okay? The same thing with the children. And so now we have more space for the teens. We have uh, space for the children. And that's kind of the picture. What we are looking at then as a church body is, Lord, help us to love people in such a way that they will want to come to Jesus here and now. I spent um, two nights and part of three days, uh, most of three days in the hospital two or three weeks ago. And uh, it turned out that I was faking it all the way through. <laughs> but I did such a good job, they nearly killed me finding that out. And uh, uh, I came out sore from the, they did a heart catheterization and uh, that didn't hurt at all until I tried to walk after that. And, uh, and, and then the hospital beds, God bless them. I know that that must have cost a fortune for that little old bed, the mattress about this thick. And with that bed and with all those gurneys, I spent hour upon hour upon hour upon, my back was sore. So I was hurting over here and I was hurting over here and and I didn't want to lift this leg because it just hurts so bad right back here when I did this. And so I'm really glad to be out of there because I think I'm going to survive if I can stay away 
from most hospitals. But anyway, I had a most incredible experience. I had these, this, this string of women. Most of them were young women who were the nurses. They worked 12-hour shifts. And so uh, the first night, I, you know, I get acquainted with this gal because about every hour or two they're in and they're doing all these tests and they're running EKGs, taking blood, doing vitals. And I, I think I got probably at least two hours sleep that night. And uh, so it was, it was a blessing, you know. But anyway, uh, I started, I would, I would just try to get acquainted with these, with these people and, and get their story. And the next day especially, the day nurse would just come in and sit down in my room. And uh, she lives not far from you guys in Liberty. And there was one of my other nurses that lives in Liberty. And I was, I was getting this gal's story. And I found out a little bit about her spiritual life. And that she had, before she married her husband, she, she had been taken to a vineyard church up north that's pastored by a friend of mine. And they, I think they must have gone there a couple years just dating. And so I said, well, tell me about you were in that church all this time. Did you ever just get with this Jesus thing? And she said, no. And I thought, I want to have to speak to my friend. He needs to screw it down a little bit tighter. But uh, so we were talking about the Lord and his, in his ways. And here's how tough. I found it to witness in that hospital. She said, and I quote, well, how do you get started with this? Now, that's a toughie. Now, folks, this is, the, this is what God does when we pray to be poured out. You have prayed and prayed for me, and I was experiencing the answer to prayers. Those women that waited on me uh, 12 hours at night, 12 hours in the day, were so open. We just talked about it. And I, I did not get to lead any of them to the Lord like the, you know, the, the prayer of commitment when you step across that line. But man, I, I was able to just take fistfuls of seed, you know, and just, it was wonderful. I found that yesterday in my neighborhood as I was going from door to door inviting people to this service. I, I, I knew I couldn't get my way or, as the way it started out. They were just, yaggity, yaggity, you know. So they were trying to drag me in the house to sit down. It's like, no, I, can't, I don't have time. Uh, it, 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 one, of, one of our neighbors, uh, was, I was there 30 or 40 minutes and then went back later and took a book that I had told them about. It, 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 was, it was incredible. I don't know what you're finding when you reach out to people. That's what I have found in the last two or three weeks. They are all over the idea that God is real. And if you run into people that don't believe in God, don't get messed up. If you're struggling with a faith that, that just can't really wrap your mind around the fact whether or not there's a God... Don't throw yourself away. Do this. Ask him. God, 
if you are, if you are real, if you are available to humans, show me. Pray that every two or three days for a while. Or say that if you don't believe in prayer, whatever. If you don't believe, if you're not sure if there's a God, I don't know whether it's prayer or not, but whatever it is, say it. And watch what will happen to you because he is trying to show himself. The apostle said it like this. Now he was preaching here, Apostle Paul was preaching at the egghead center of the Roman world, Athens, Greece. And these people were intellectual snobs, absolutely over the top, so sure that they were so much smarter than anyone else. And that the center of the universe was on a little hill where I have been there in Athens. It's called the Areopagus, Mars Hill. And Paul preaches to them a short sermon and he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. Now, he could see that incredible uh, array of temples that's on top of uh, the Acropolis, which is just, oh, 500 feet from Mars Hill. Just, I mean, it's just a block away, block and a half away. And he says, um, he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. He did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Now, these guys were so cool intellectually that when he mentioned uh, the, the resurrection from the dead, they just, they just mentally either shut down or regurgitated, whichever. So that was the end of the sermon because uh, Jesus had arisen from the dead. But he did rise, and that can be proven, by the way, uh, by the legal historical method, which is the way you prove historical things. And he did rise from the dead, and there were many, many eyewitnesses. Uh, many of them wrote about it. Uh, some of them were killed because they believed that, and they had seen him. So here is the thing. Now, today, we are not struggling with a, an idol made out of gold or silver. That's not what we are doing as a, per, as a people. What we do as a people is try to be good enough to go to heaven when we die. And that is because we are basically, in our natural, uh, in our natural selves, we are legalistic. That means... If I'm naughty, I'll get punished. If I'm good, I'll get blessed. 
Now, that doesn't work out in life because some of the best people you know will take thumps. One of the neighbors I was talking to yesterday was a gal, and she got to telling me all of the stuff, and she's a Christian uh, and, and an active believer. She, all the stuff that they had gone through, and she'd been in a motorcycle wreck and uh, took her a couple years to recover from that. And a few days ago, her oldest child, a girl, had, had been riding a bicycle and had run into a rock wall and just, just lacerated her face all over the place. Whipped out her phone and showed me the picture. And uh, <clears throat> the little kid was running in and out while we were talking and looked wonderful. So I, I, didn't, I didn't feel as heartbroken as I could have because looking at that picture of the injury was kind of gross. But here is the thing. Bad things happen to good people. But we, that does it, we hate that. That just drive, it, drove, it drove people nuts in the scripture. Job just... just wailed about that. Um, David, the, the psalmist, wailed about that. It just bugged Jeremiah the prophet to death that good things would happen or to, to the bad people and the, the wicked would prosper and bad things would happen to the good people and he didn't like it. And none of us like that because it seems so, quote, unfair, unquote. However, it is not about being good so you can be right with God. Jesus Christ came and took all of the bad stuff that you've ever done and ever will do. And he paid the price for that. And that is how you get in right relationship with God. Now, you don't get to boast about that. You don't hear me saying, man, I am really, really good. And that's the reason I didn't die in the hospital or whatever I would say. It's, it all is kind of dumb, isn't it? It's kind of dumb because we're not good. And don't tell me you are. I've known you too long. Just don't, let's just save our breath, okay? You've known me too long. However, in standing before God, I can stand without any sin, none, because Jesus Christ's righteousness comes to me. Because I've been good? No, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Stop that. It has to do with what God did. He did it because he loves you. And based on that, then Jesus Christ made the claim that he is the only way into God in a right way that we can go to heaven. We are taught today that all paths lead to heaven. No, all paths lead to God, where we will be judged. Some will go to heaven and some will not. You say, well, that's, that's not fair. Uh, tell God it's not fair, okay? You are not the leading theologian in the earth. You are a creation of God himself, and you need to get to know him and get under him. Humility is required. We can't go around saying, I'm the big daddy or the big mama. And I make the rules because you're not and you don't. But God loves you with that screwed up heart anyway. It's hard to believe that he loves people like us, but he does. And so I want you to bow your heads, please, with me. And just open your heart if you... Uh, 
if you see that God loves you, that Jesus Christ died in your place, one of the pictures of the way God gets us to himself is that he was the, our substitute in the death we deserve to die. Jesus was our substitute. And now we don't have to die. And if you are ready to, to pull the trigger on this getting right with God, I want you to, to just prepare your heart right now. And just, you know, you need to say to yourself, it's, it's time. I need to walk with God. I, I, I know that, that all of my trying to be good, every time I try that, I fail. And I just need God's help. I need him to come upon me. He is going to help you today. And I, I want us to do this. While your heads are bowed, if you're ready to just make that start of walking with, with God through Jesus Christ, just raise your hand. Just stick it up in the air. You don't have to say anything, but just raise your hand. That'll be indication to me that, that you acknowledge and you need God and you're ready to get with him. I'm looking for your upraised hand. God bless you. Thank you. You may lower your hand. Praise God. I need to get right with God. I, I, I need to get this squared away. I need to get this straight. This is why we are on this hill, dear one, is to just tell you this and that God loves you and that his arms are open to you. Don't talk about what you deserve. We always want to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not, I, I, or, or maybe, you, maybe you're saying, hey, I'm good enough to make it without Jesus. But no, you're not. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not sorry. I, I'm sorry you're wrong, but I, I'm glad, I'm not, I'm not sorry that that's the fact because if it were up to us, we would really never get it right. And so you're really not good enough without Jesus. And if, you, if you're on either side of this question, it all focuses by just humbling yourself under the Lord and opening your heart to him. Is there anyone else? Okay, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you just keep your head bowed. And you, sir, who raised your hand, and, and the rest of you who, if you did, I didn't see you or you wanted to and just couldn't, couldn't get there, open your heart. Because raising your hand does not make you right with God. Opening your heart, humbling yourself, and believing that he receives you is what gets you started with him. And would you repeat this prayer after me? All the congregation, please, and those of you who need to do, make this right with God, say this with us. Heavenly Father, I need you. I am not good enough or else I'm not worthy. I just can't get there. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Work with me. Work in me. Heal my heart. Help me to believe that you receive me through Jesus Christ. Now I thank you for receiving me fully because of the Savior. Amen. Amen. Now, sir, who raised your hand?
If you meant that, that's, that's the door. You just go right through it, and then you walk with the Lord. Uh, we have on the corners of the platform and at the info center in the foyer a little booklet called Rock Solid. And if you please pick up that and just walk yourself through that, it's a seven-day um, Bible reading and kind of a prayer guide. Very short, very powerful because it's Scripture. And please pick that up. And any of the rest of you who prayed that opened your heart to the Lord. And um, we're going to have a song. And you just keep your heart open to the Lord and keep drawing close to the Lord while the team ministers to us.